you just tuned into the hippest way to start and grow your indie author career, learn the ins, the outs, and all the all-arounds of self-publishing with the team from D2D and their industry-influencing guests. You're listening to Self-Publishing Insiders with Draft2Digital. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Self-Publishing Insiders. I'm Jim Azevedo, your host today. And I am very pleased to welcome Victoria Stralis to the show. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We're so excited to have you. Um, there is just so much work that you put out over the years um, in an attempt to protect authors from just so many. There's just a myriad of scams out there that have existed, and they seem to just keep proliferating and proliferating and proliferating um, and getting smarter and more devious, it seems like. Um, so I definitely want to dive into all of that. I'm looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, um, our two other hosts, Kevin Tomlinson and Mark Leslie Lefebvre, uh, were having technical issues at the last minute. And I have to admit, part of me was like, all right, I get to talk to Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for, for those who are in the audience who may not be uh, aware of your background, can you give us a little bit... Um, of a background of yourself and, and what what you do. Um, I know that you're an author, but can you just give folks a sense of, of your writing? Yes, I'm a novelist. I've written nine novels so far. I write for both adults and teens, okay. uh, mostly in the fantasy genre, but I also written a couple of historicals. Hmm. Um, and, uh, that's pretty much it. And then, then that's half of my life. And the other half is my work with Ryder Blair. Okay. So, um, I'm super curious about, well, first, how long Ryder Blair has existed, but even more than that, I'm interested in learning why you started it in the first place, um, was it like was it a single event, or was it more of a of a cascade events? Like, what was the trigger that that made you say, "Hey, you know, I need to do something about this. I need to protect myself and other authors like me." So that was a long question, but <laughs> <laughs> well, we started. Um, Writer Blair was founded in 1998. Oh, really? Not far back. Um, I was never scammed, so there was no personal event. Okay. Um, but when I first started joining online writers groups in the late 1990s, um, I started seeing all these stories about scam agents and vanity publishers and writers who had been ripped off. And, um, you know, I had no idea that this kind of dark underbelly existed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was never scammed, but I knew nothing when I first started submitting my work and I easily could have been. Mm -hmm. So I got um, interested, you know, as a writer, I'm always interested in odd and unusual things um and i became interested so i started sort of tracking and following these scam stories and then around the same time the science fiction and fantasy writers association yeah. 
was looking for somebody to uh, set up a section of their website to warn about scams. And I thought, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to volunteer and to match my interest with need. Um, and uh, a little later on, I was introduced to Anne Kristen, who was looking into founding a committee on writing scams for science fiction and fantasy writers association so we kind of joined forces mm -hmm. and uh that's how writer where was born originally it was just a little pocket of the civil website but it has since grown into a website with multiple sections there's a facebook page and blog and then there's my twitter feed or my ex feed now unfortunately um where i uh where i provide warnings and information for writers so you know it's a big it's a big operation now originally we thought we would put ourselves out of business by mm -hmm. providing all these warnings but uh, that didn't happen as you know scams are more prevalent than ever yeah isn't it isn't it sad how it's just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and especially the uh the growth of the self-publishing industry you know that has been a golden opportunity for scammers and it's where most of the scams are focused right now would you say that now it's practically a given that if you're an author and you're doing your own research online that it's a given that you will be a target of a scammer? Is it that prevalent? You, you'll you be a target or you'll encounter a scam. Yeah, I would say so. Unfortunately, they're, they're so common. And the big rise in the past few years has been solicitation scams um, with scammers instead of writing the way it used to be. Writers would encounter them online or through ads in the backs of writers' magazines. Um, now they are aggressively reaching out and targeting writers with emails and phone calls. So. Okay, yeah, let's let's unpack some of that. Um, because as I was going through your your website, um, I wanted to see what some of the latest things were, and I thought I was being really smart because I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go through right everywhere. I'm going to take my time, and I'm going to try to top level some of what I see as the most common categories of scams out there. And then as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> she's got this whole list of categories on the right side. And it's really eye-opening that there are just so many different types of scams and scam artists out there. Um, so I'm curious, can we go through and discuss some of, I don't know, maybe what you see uh, as some of, the, some of the top line things, some of the things that have been happening for years that just keep on happening, uh, whether they're scammers who are posing as legitimate publishing houses or literary agencies and so forth. Then, as we go further down the down the conversation, I'm curious um, to what you see as what's sort of bubbling up. Like, what are some of the things you're keeping your eye on? 
right now. So maybe we can start with some of the main categories that people need to, to keep an eye out for. Um, okay, so when we started literary, literary agent scams mm -hmm. were the main category, and now we hear more about vanity publishers, okay. um, call, call themselves hybrids. Most publishers that call themselves hybrids are in fact vanity publishers. Um, who charge inflated fees and provide minimal services. Um, so that's been, vanity publishing has been kind of a constant over the years. Uh, do, you think it, do you think vanity publishers go back to the late 90s, early 2000s, or oh, probably and, before that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it used to be print only, you would pay a fee and they'd print you a thousand books and you get a bunch of boxes that would sit in your basement. But now that everything is digital, um, you know, that it's much easier and cheaper for a company to set up as a fee charging publisher because they don't have to print books. They can just, you know, use Ingram Spark or KDP, mm -hmm. um, which is a minimal cost to them while charging authors thousands of dollars. So um, it's a lucrative racket, which is a reason why it still is prevalent as it used to be. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, I've personally, spoken to authors who you know, they're like, oh, I'm published and I've been working with, I don't know if we can name any, <laughs> any specific vanity publishers out there, but I've met authors who have spent upwards of 10, 15, even $20,000 to publish a single title. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some of the do you, who do you, number one, who do you feel that they're targeting? Are they targeting just any author out there? Are they targeting aspiring authors? Are they looking for those authors who they feel, you know, have a little bit of money in the bank or that they just don't care and they're just going for, for anyone? Uh, the latter. Um, I think they're really uh, targeting aspiring authors and mostly people with inexperience okay. uh, who don't know how to vet um, publishers or what they find on the internet. I mean, I often hear from people who um, Google, I need a publisher or how to get published. And the first thing that will come up is sponsored ads for um, I don't know if you want me to name names. Feel uh, free. You, are you uncomfortable with that? Well, for companies like Austin McCauley, which is a very prolific uh, UK-based vanity publisher and advertises online. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the sponsored ads will all be for not necessarily scams, but exploitative uh, companies that charge large fees to publish. And if you're a brand new author and you haven't um, spent a little time researching uh, the publishing industry, or if you're just 
you know, frustrated and desperate because you've been rejected a lot. Yeah. Um, those offers can be tempting. Oh, absolutely. Um, Especially because no one believes in your project more than you do. And then when you finally have somebody say, hey, we believe in you. And yeah, and they're, they're very good at deploying flattery and kind of exploiting author's psychology. Um, so, yeah, and also there's a, um, an attempt to target self-published writers mm -hmm. um, who may be uh, self-published and have this dream to have their books made into a movie or to yeah. transition to a big traditional publishing contract. Uh, and there are many companies out there that will offer to republish your self-published book supposedly at a better price and with new cover art and with promises of PR and endorsement to traditional publishing companies or movie producers um, and, you know, charge a bunch of money. But most of it is, uh, most of it is just false. I mean, they're not going to, they have no connections with publishers. What they really want is to draw you in as a customer and then pressure you to buy more services. Okay. Now you just answered um, a question before I, I, I asked it. Uh, I was going to ask you, what are some of those false promises? And you mentioned uh, introduction to movie producers. Um, I think you said uh, some marketing uh, some marketing tactics as well. Um, any other false promises that sort of seem to come up again and again and again? I, there, you know, the promise to uh, represent you to big publishing houses, um, but also just misinformation about the benefits of these republishing packages. Um, yeah. And we can increase your audience, we can uh, get you on Amazon and, uh, you know, promote you there. Um, you know, and it, it, a lot of it is just geared to selling uh, fairly ineffective and overpriced uh, PR services like yeah. paid radio interviews, paid book reviews. Um, Thousands of like, dollars for our press release. Yeah, press releases, book, book videos. I mean, none of these are particularly useful uh, unless they're part of a targeted campaign, preferably before publication rather than after. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to pop up a question here from um, our own Lexi Green, who asks, what are some of the biggest red flags authors should look out for as, um, as a sign they might be dealing with a bad actor or a vanity publisher? Um, well, upfront fees or purchase requirements. Uh, you have to buy X number of books or you have to pay for editing. Um, that's uh, usually an indication of a vanity publisher. I should say there are genuine hybrid publishers, which I think are general, generally defined as a publisher that charges a fee, but adds value comparable 
available to that of a traditional publisher, such as being highly selective, providing rigorous editing, um, bookstore distribution, um, and genuine marketing, pre-publication marketing. But there, there aren't that many of them, and most publishers that uh, want you to pay a fee will turn out to be vanity publishers or self-publishing services or just generally exploitive businesses. Uh, the other thing to look out for is solicitation. Yep. Um, scammers now, I think I mentioned scammers now are reaching out to authors rather than waiting for authors to come to them. So if you get an out of the blue email from somebody saying, um, I would love to republish your book or your book has been scouted by book scouts or recommended by some anonymous group and we want to publish it, that's often an indication of a scam. Okay. I also hear of authors who get just pounded over and over and over by sales teams as well who are just trying to rope them in like daily if not hourly receiving emails and sometimes even phone calls if they find your number online and they're incredibly aggressive and persistent mm -hmm. and uh they you know they're usually calling for, from overseas with spoofed phone numbers so if you block one number they'll just spoof another and call you from that one uh, many of them do business under multiple names so if you kick one to the curb another will contact you i mean i hear often from writers who are being driven out of their minds by these constant emails and phone calls from different companies it's pretty sad when we can't even answer our own personal phones anymore <laughs> i'm going to bring up another comment here uh, this is from um, marilla and she says thank you for your work victoria indeed thank you from all of us can you speak um, on the drawbacks of working with freelance editors there seems to be a pay-for-play feeling around support with early drafts um, who are not agented um, I would say uh, working with a freelance editor can certainly be beneficial, but it's also kind of a crapshoot because even if it makes your manuscript better, that doesn't mean it will make it publishable. Uh -huh. um, and there are a lot of, um, I think the main thing with an editor, with a freelance editor, is making sure that they are actually qualified, because there are a lot of people out there who, um, even with very good intentions, just really aren't well qualified and may not give you good value for money. There's an extensive resource on the Writer Boy website about editors, um, the pros and cons of uh, hiring an editor, what to watch out for, how to vet an editor, uh, and links to helpful resources uh, that kind of covers much of the subject. I will say that I don't know of any professional author, uh -huh. of my acquaintance anyway, that um, 
hires freelance editors prior to sending work to their publishers. It's definitely not a requirement. Um, beware of anyone who tells you that it is. Um, beware also of referrals. If, for instance, you submit to an editor, I mean an agent, mm -hmm. and the agent says, well, your work isn't quite ready, um, I can edit it for a fee. You know, that's a potential conflict of interest. Okay. Um, so just, just be careful. Make sure the editor is qualified um, and, uh, you know, consider carefully spending what could be a large amount of money. Okay. I think that kind of brings up um, or touches upon Ace Adams' question here. Um, is it okay for boutique agencies to offer some specialized services, such as editing services? That kind of speaks to what you just covered a little bit. Yeah, that kind of steps into a gray area. Yeah. I would say that if the agency um, draws a line between the agenting part of the business and the editing part of the business, um, that is ethical. Um, mm -hmm. Clients uh, who get edited are not eligible for agenting, and clients of the agency are never referred to uh, for editing. So just keeping a separation between those two halves of the, of the business. Um, I think it is a gray area because more and more agents are venturing out into adjunct services. And that really can be a conflict of interest uh, if the agency is not scrupulous about being ethical. Um, one of the, I don't hear about this so much, but a major scam back in the late 90s and early aughts was agencies that were essentially fronts for editing referrals to various companies that they worked with that gave them a kickback um, or else provided their own editing services under a different name. Uh, I still hear about that occasionally, but it's not that common. Okay. So, you know, I think it needs to be evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis. If it's an agency that has a successful track record mm -hmm. uh, and there are no complaints about it, I, I think, um, you know, it's probably okay, but you need to be careful. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned on our, I read on Rod Everywhere that there seems to be more and more scammers who are sort of spoofing or copying the branding of other companies, uh, especially Amazon. Is that something that's kind of new or is it, has it been existing for a while and do you just see it happening more and more often these days? Well, the, um, the, the, the kind of subsection of the scam universe that's doing that um, is based overseas. Okay. Um, sort of a, a successor to the author solutions companies, which mm -hmm. uh, outsourced a lot of their work to the Philippines and have kind of spawned a lot of imitators over there. And I think there are so many of them now, and there is so much competition for, there are only so many writers that they can um, acquire 
that they're having to get more inventive. So a couple of years ago, I started seeing uh, just this huge increase in the impersonation scams. Um, as you say, Amazon, there are all these yeah. uh, kind of ghostwriting, editing, marketing firms that um, put Amazon, they use the Amazon name or Amazon trademarks to kind of trick people into thinking that they're really associated. Um, and then there are, there's a group of scammers that um, is actively impersonating real literary agents wow. and publishers and film studios and film directors. Um, and there's a lot of that. I basically, several times a week, I hear from somebody who's been approached by one of these scams. Um, and the main thing to watch for with impersonation scams is solicitation because a reputable agent or publisher or film producer is extremely unlikely to email you or call you out of the blue kind of shilling their services. Yeah. Just unlikely to happen. So any solicitation you know, for scammers, these solicitations are their main uh, way of acquiring customers. So any out of the blue solicitation that's offering publishing services or a movie deal or anything yeah. like that, even if it comes from a name you recognize or if you Google the name, it turns out to be a real agent or publisher or whatever, the fact that you were solicited suggests that it's a scam. So, that's, so, um, that's so interesting. So underscore that, everybody, with their red felt pen, solicitation, solicitation, solicitation. Victoria, do you think that these scammers are getting, um, are they sophisticated enough to sort of follow the news that's happening in the publishing industry to see sort of, you know, where the layoffs are happening, to see, they capture some of the names of people who may have left their their publishing houses um, and, and use those names for their scams? I have not seen that. Uh, for the most part, um, they these scammers don't know much about publishing and their emails often include a lot of misinformation about the way the acquisition process works. Mm -hmm. um, and ridiculous claims such as uh, Penguin Random House is interested in your manuscript yeah. and pay you $250,000. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, they don't, they only have to be publishing adjacent. They don't have to um, seem authentic or have any kind of knowledge because they're not aiming for writers who are savvy. They're aiming for inexperienced writers who don't know, who don't know the difference. That's who they want to fool because those people are more likely to give them money and not to realize where the uh, where the con is. Um, so, you know, that's that's. It's interesting also with the advent of ChatGPT, yep. uh, one of the markers, one of the main scam markers was really bad English. 
mm -hmm. in emails and on websites, you know, because the people who are the sales reps who are running the scams are fluent, but it isn't their first language. So there are, okay. there are always gotcha. telltale English language errors that you kind of wouldn't expect to see from a real agent or publisher. And that's just but not the now, case, so much the case the anymore. AI, yeah, I'm seeing all these flawlessly written approaches, which wow. are exactly the same in what they uh, are attempting to do, but are completely grammatical. So, so it's one of the main markers <laughs> of these scams. Thanks, AI. Disappearing. <laughs> Boy, that's interesting. Um, we talked about some of the most common. We mentioned vanity publishers. Um, you mentioned these scams from um, supposed literary agencies out there. Uh, lots of lots of solicitation. Is there is there any other um, category, I guess, that is popular for these scammers beyond vanity publishers, uh, beyond literary agents? Um, uh, there are a lot of marketing scams, PR scams. Um, and again, again, they they mostly will solicit rather than wait for authors okay. to to them. But um, there are a lot of companies offering marketing services that uh, are overpriced and just not very useful. Uh, press re we we spoke about this already. Press releases, video yep. trailers. Uh, there's a group of uh, radio hosts with which they do regular business um, and charge large fees for that. Uh, there are a couple of paid review sites uh, that, um, you know, charge a large fee for uh, a review from, you know, and nobody's heard of these sites. So it's okay. Reviews have a lot of credibility, but just um, you know, kind of exploiting uh, authors' uh, struggle for visibility and audience. You know, by these marketing services, it's going to boost your book to a new level. Um, and you know, marketing is more complicated than that. And, sure. Uh, you know, various methods can work as part of a targeted campaign, but if you just have a press release or you just have a book trailer, and typically these are done with stock images and robo voices, and they're just pretty awful. Yeah, um, it's got to be maddening for authors because here you are, especially if you're a newer or an aspiring author, here you are, you've spent years, you know, working on your novel your craft. Um, all you want to do is get your book out into the world. You don't want to spend all this time on marketing. You know, you have to do it. You're, you know, you're trying to juggle your book writing with your day job and maybe your family. And here you get this nice shiny email with all these promises and how they can help you get your book out into the world. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to bring up another uh, question. Uh, thanks for the question, William. He says, do real movie producers only work with agents? Pretty much. Oh. I mean, you can't say never. You can never say never in this sure. business. But um, in most cases, uh, you know, film and dramatic rights sell by a reputable agents. Okay. Okay. I'm going to bring up another question. Um, 
Where'd you go? Where'd you go? There it is. Um, from Richard, who asks, are literary agent referrals clients or publishers? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. Yeah. Are you asking, Richard, are you asking, um, are the agents clients of the publishers? Not quite sure. Um, maybe uh, no, no. You, the author, are the client of the agent, and the publisher accepts submissions from the agent. So the only client is you, the author. Okay, gotcha. What do you see? Actually, let me ask this question first. Have there been any scams that have really just surprised you? Like, what? Or either they've come out of the blue, or they've surprised you in their sophistication, or they're surprised you by how many people they've actually captured, as far as unsuspecting authors go? Um, I, I suppose I'm kind of jaded, <laughs> and nothing really surprises me. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. Um, there have been scams that have surprised me because they're just weird. Um, there was uh, one case of a literary, a fee charging literary agents who set up in, I seem to remember it was North Carolina, uh -huh. and she charged submission fees, which is, was a no-no back then. Um, and she organized this big writing conference, uh, mm -hmm. collected a lot of fees, and then uh, disappeared. And her assistant announced that she'd been killed in a car crash. Oh, well, a few months later, a very similar scheme popped up in Canada. And um, by various routes, this was shown to be the same person running the same scheme up in Canada. Um, the Canadian police investigated. She turned out to be a fugitive from the law. She had attempted to murder her mother and skip bail. And she was also wanted on various um, check kiting charges. Um, so apparently she had literary aspirations and uh, it's a whole long saga. I wrote about it on the Writer Beware blog. But it was, believe it or not, not the first agent that I've heard about, the first dubious agent yeah. of their own death. Talk about your bad actors out there. <laughs> um, okay, I want to start. Gosh, this I knew this conversation was going to go by fast. Um, so we've got about ten minutes. So I don't want to. I don't want to move past or forget about talking about how authors um, can number one protect themselves. You know, prevent themselves from getting from getting scammed in the first place. It's like you know, out here in California we talk about, you know, venturing into the ocean, um, it's better to stay out of the rip current than to get saved once you're out there in the rip current. So how can authors protect themselves from being scammed in the first place? One of the most important things I think is to spend some time learning about the publishing and self-publishing industry before jumping into the actual publication or agent-seeking process. Mm -hmm. um, because the more you know about the, how, how things 
actually work, uh, the easier it will be to spot when uh, something is off or you're being approached by uh, a dodgy outfit or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I always suggest starting with a print book. Um, if only because there are there is so much misinformation online, okay. and whereas you know the internet is a uh, an indispensable resource, but it's also full of crap. And if you don't know something to start with, it's very hard to filter. So there are a lot of good how to get published books. Um, I suggest starting with one of those. Um, Writer Beware, the Writer Beware website uh, has really comprehensive resources on um, agents, publishers, uh, vanity publishers. You know, you can learn a lot there about how uh, business ought to operate uh, and what to watch out for. Um, there are good. There are a lot of good online resources. One I often recommend is Jane Friedman's website. Oh, I think yeah. it's janefriedman.com. There's a treasure trove of information there on all aspects of publishing and self-publishing, and it's good, solid, vetted information. So if you just if you just start with those three, uh, a book. Right of Aware and Jane Friedman, uh, you'll be in decent shape to have a sense uh, if, if something is a scheme or a scam. Um, you could also email me. Uh, my email address is beware at fwa.org. Um, I've got a right of aware has an enormous database of reports and complaints dating back to the late 1990s. Mm -hmm. um, most of the information we have is not public. So what you see on our website and blog is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, so if you encounter a company or an individual you're not sure about, or if you uh, participated in a Twitter Pitch, pitch event and somebody is giving you a like and you're not sure about them, uh, you can email me. I'll check my database. If there's anything in there, I'll tell you. Um, and either way, I'll give you an opinion. If you, I'll give you an opinion. Let me let you know what I think. Uh, sometimes I'm not familiar with a company or a person, but, you know, I can spot a typical scam approach. So that's very generous of your time. Did I did I get your your email correct here? Is it Yes. Be, okay. So when in doubt, ask questions, everybody. It, it sounds like it's the whole the old scenario. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yes. So we talk and if, we, if you're solicited, be careful. Absolutely. So we talked about a little bit about prevention. Um I want to ask you, let's say, you know, you you fell from one of these traps. Um, no shame, because these guys are getting better and better and better at it. What are some of the things that authors could can do to sort of unravel um, maybe getting locked into a vanity publisher 
contract or just being scammed in general, what are some of the things that they are some action they might be able to take to get out of a, a shady deal? Uh, it's really case by case, because if you sign up with a bad publisher, for example, mm -hmm. uh, the terms of your contract will govern what you can do and what you can't do to get out. And you may be able to cancel the contract or you may be locked in for a long period of time. Um, if you've paid for a service, Mm -hmm. You may be able to get money back by filing a dispute with your credit card company or PayPal. Um, do not do wire transfers. Mm -hmm. um, quite a number of scammers are demanding that writers pay via wire transfer. Those are usually irreversible because they're treated like cash and you will not be able to get your money back. Um, are, are a lot not, of these companies seen as legitimate by the law? Uh, unfortunately, some I just heard from a writer who uh, was scammed by one of these companies. Um, and because the scammer has a legitimate email address and a fancy website and client testimonials on the on the front, which may or may not be true, yeah. um, the person who investigated this writer's uh, pay dispute concluded that it was a legitimate business and uh, there wasn't hard evidence that the writer had been scammed because the writer paid for a service. The service was provided, but it was substandard. And um, also there were multiple delays and uh, the company just treated the writer very badly. But because of the uh, appearance of this company online, it was judged to be a legitimate business. So, you know, people don't, a lot of people don't have the context to, to recognize um, these companies as scams. I mean, many, a number of companies, uh, overseas companies about which I've gotten complaints are members of the IBPA, for example. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I send emails saying, do you know that you have a scammer on your membership list? And I usually yeah. don't hear anything back. <laughs> um, but it's, you have to go into the scam. Yeah. You have to have insight into the scam in order to see where the scam is. Because if you just look at the outer, outward appearance, mm -hmm. it, it just, it doesn't look exceptional at all that is such a great point i mean because the ibpa so the um independent book publishers association you know they're a legitimate organization out there to help independent publishers grow their businesses um and if they're working with a company that is quote unquote um unethical think about all the companies out there who have who look legitimate out there that are just trying to not so much make money for you, but to make money from you out there. And another thing I would add to that is that, um, just lost my train of thought. 
Um, there are, uh, oh gosh, where was I going? It was going to be brilliant. I'm telling you, it was going to be brilliant, Victoria, what I was about to say. <laughs> hey, that happens to me too. <laughs> You're in the middle of something and it's Gosh. Oh, darn. Oh, well. Can't, I can't be saved in the comments here. I just... I guess what the, what the point was that there there are so many companies out there. Oh, I know what it was. What it was. Um, there are companies out there who, on the surface, in the eyes of the law, they're running a um, a legitimately legal business. But in the eyes of your fellow authors um, and publishers, they are could be highly highly uh, unethical out there. They're just they're mm -hmm. they're it's a money grab situation so exactly, um, exactly. right and, so, you know i i don't fault the ibpa because no, I don't i'm sure these companies just lie oh absolutely and i can't tell you how many times uh we've been contacted by conferences um in the industry out there who who want to work with us but then we find out that you know they're they too, they're working with um, other publishing entities out there that are essentially running unethical businesses or they're scammers out there. And we just have to decline that particular event because you are the company that you keep. Yeah, exactly. OK, um, well, that was quick. We've pretty much we've run out of time here. So again, everybody, um, please, please, please do yourselves and your writer friends a favor by visiting writerbeware.blog out there. You'll see a, a huge list of the latest news, um, the latest potential scams that Victoria has captured out there. You can, on the right side of the screen, there is an entire list of different types of scams out there. You can run through the list of, of categories. Um, do us a favor, do us a favor and like, share, comment, and subscribe to this YouTube channel, if you would please, because then we could reach out to fantastic guests like Victoria. And be sure to bookmark d2dlive.com. If you do that, then you can see who the next guest will be in each upcoming week out there. Uh, Victoria, on behalf, not of just Draft Digital, but on behalf of the entire indie publishing community, Thank you for not only being here, but thank you for the years and years and years of work that you've done to protect the author community. I mean that as sincere as I could possibly say it. So thank you so very, very much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, we appreciate you. Um, Victoria, I'm going to ask you to hang out for a section, uh, for a section, for uh, a second. I'm going to run this, this uh, draft a digital commercial spot here. Um, everybody else, thank you so much for being here. Um, we will do this again next week if I can just find where we put our little commercial ad here. There it is. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. We'll catch it next week. Victoria, I'll see you back in the green room. Thanks. Ebooks are great, but there's just something about having your words in print. Something you can hold in your hands, put on a shelf, sign for a reader. That's why we created D2D Print a print-on-demand service that was built for you. We have free, beautiful templates to give your book a pro look, and we can even convert your ebook cover into a full wraparound cover for print. So many options for you and your books. 
and you can get started right now at DraftToDigital.com. That's it for this week's Self-Publishing Insiders with draft to digital Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with your will-be author friends. And start, build, and grow your own self-publishing career right now at draft2digital.com.